Hey y'all, you are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now, before we get started, y'all know I cannot do any podcast episode without thanking you all, doing my usual note of gratitude. So thank you for listening, boo friend. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are out there in podcast land, you choose to leave me your ears once a week for about an hour or so, and I hella appreciate that. Today is a very special day. I have another Maria on this podcast, and before I get into that, I want to explain to everybody Homegirl Week starts on Sunday, Sunday, the 12th of September. It goes on until Saturday, the 18th of September. If you have not signed up for the Spiritual Homegirl email or text club or the Patreon, what are you waiting on? Go ahead and text the word HOMEGIRL10, HOMEGIRL10, or HOMEGIRL10 to 81493 to sign up for the text club and to go to... The link in my show notes to sign up for your uh, for the email list, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash spiritual homegirl. So I'm doing homegirl week because I'm celebrating five years in the game, and I'm really, really excited to be able to do this, um, as this is my way of thanking you all for supporting me, whether you came at day one or you're at day 1,800 and some change, whatever. You know, it's like about the 1,800-ish days in a five-year period. But whichever day you decide to find me on, I really appreciate that you stuck around, and I'm doing all free free programming for everybody that is um, signed up for the email list as anybody that's been tapped in off of social media those um, folks will have access to all the events so it's funny because I've been wanting to get this person today's guest on the show for a long time and it seems like the energy is finally aligned to do so and this person is Maria Demakos. I told you, another Maria. So she's my name twin, but she's Greek. So basically, um, Maria is an intuitive guide who chose to come to this planet to serve and support souls in remembering their divinity. Maria works within many modalities and practices, including Chinese energy healing, morphogenic energy field work, light language, DNA recoding, sunlight encoding, communication with higher self, source guides, psychic surgery, and core cutting. She has melded many modalities and Maria's ancestral wisdom to create her authentic healing modality, which is uniquely her own and one of a kind. Maria's intuitive gifts and background in psychotherapy help her to holistically support the growth and expansion of all those who seek to work with her. She facilitates one-on-one and group experiences to support others in their expansion, spiritual awareness, and remembrance of who and what they really are and what they are meant to do on this lovely earth dimension that we find ourselves. Her guidance is very intuitive and no two sessions are the same. She understands the 3D and the 5D and knows all too well that the spiritual path can be confusing and overwhelming. Ooh, I felt that. Maria is here to support and facilitate humanity's journey of ascension. All right, and I am here with Maria DeMacos. Now, how you doing, Name Twin? How you doing, Name Twin? I'm good. Thank I'm you so much for having hear. me on the podcast. I'm so Thanks excited. for coming. It's been a long time coming. I'm I glad know. that you're here. I know. I feel like this five years has gone by so fast and gets so slow. <laughs> <laughs> I totally feel you. I totally feel you. And um, speaking of time moving fast and moving slow, we don't have that much time until Homegirl Week. It starts on Sunday, but 
you're doing something on Tuesday, but mm-hmm. I'll wait until, you know, we get to know a little bit more about you before we get into what exactly you're doing for um, for Hunger Week. I know who you are, but for those that are unfamiliar with Maria DeMacos, like, what are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Ooh, three words to describe myself. Intense. That's one word, for sure. Otherworldly. And kind. You said intense. What sign are you? I gotta ask. I forgot. <laughs> so, in sidereal astrology, I am a Gemini. June 22nd. My rising is Aries. My moon is in Taurus. And my north node is in Leo. Oh, so you got a lot of fire going mm-hmm. on. Okay. No water. Just a bunch of fire. <laughs> fire and air. <laughs> Hence the intensity. I got you. Hence the intensity. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And being so Greek. Being, Greeks make, being Greek makes you very intense. You know what? I was just about to ask you about that. I was about to say, so you're a Greek spiritualist, but, you know, what does that mean? So it's really interesting that you brought up being Greek because I was just about to ask about that. You know, my dad is from Sparta, which is like the 300, you know, that those crazy warrior people, like that's what he's a part of. Sparta. Yeah, this is Sparta. Exactly. That's that's my father. He's 92 years old. And he still thinks that he lives on a vi- in a village in Greece. So in his backyard, he's got every type of lemon, orange, grape, avocado tree, like all the plants that you could ever greens. He grows like mustard greens and collard greens because that is the secret fountain of youth for Greek people is Really good olive oil, which he knows how to make, and greens. Drinking the water from the greens once you cook them as well. I know it's it sounds bizarre, but that's the fount of youth. Not necessarily, Maria. Uh, in my <laughs> in my my family, we call that drinking the juice. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what we call it when you have a big pot of greens and and maybe some rice, maybe some black eyed peas, whatever it is. When you're having collard greens. So people get the juice. They get the the liquid, you know, mm-hmm. that's, 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 um, the collars are cooked in. So yeah, cool. Not too far fetched. It's really interesting. <laughs> how certain things are similar. So you're, you're basically, your father's from Sparta. Mm-hmm. He loves, it sounds like sustainability is his thing. Like growing his own and, and making his own and staying true to like Greek traditions. He lived in a tiny village and his village was... Basically, I was surrounded by olive trees, so he learned and he was raised to make olives, like cure the actual olives, because you can't eat them off the tree. They, they taste terrible. So he knows how to cure olives a very traditional way of curing them and making olive oil as well. And so since he lived in a village, he was an orphan. Uh, he was orphaned when he was 13. And, you know, he was a man at that point at 13 in 19, you know, 40. 43 in Greece in this tiny little village and he had five brothers and sisters and so they had to make everything that's just how it was because at that point Greece was basically a third world country obviously it's gotten much different and my mother is a city woman (laughs) she's very much a city woman so she never lived in a village but she is the type of person that you know her whole entire family all the women in her family sewed and all of the women all of the men and women in her family my aunts and uncles they're all artisans they make some some sort of artwork 
Uh, one of my uncles makes lighting fixtures that he actually uses this special machine, and it's almost like a knitting machine. Creates these all these really cool sacred geometrical shapes for lighting fixtures. My other cousin, he makes a bunch of sculptures and pottery for the Greek islands. So very two two very different families, but you know the Greek culture and the traditions of the Greek culture, even religion as well, which is a part of it. It's so interwoven within the culture and fabric of the Greek society and culture now, and even in the Greek American diaspora here. Um, And so I learned all of that, all of those old traditional ways and the wisdom of those ways. Like if you have a stomach ache, drink um, oregano tea. They didn't tell you, oh, it's an antiseptic and it's antifungal and all these other things. They didn't know why it worked, but they knew that when they had stomach aches or if they had the flu, that oregano tea would help them. So I learned a lot of those old traditional ways and the evil eye is one of those things that I learned from my uncle in Greece, who has since transitioned. But I learned how to remove this curse because that's what the evil eye is. It's a curse. So I'm really glad you gave me an overview, Maria, because I was just about to ask you what is, at least from your experience growing up, Greek, what is the religion or the spiritual um, system that's accepted in that culture? And also, how, you know, what, how did you actually find out about the evil eye? Your uncle taught you, but how old were you? What was going on, if you don't mind sharing? Oh, yeah, of course. So I knew, so actually, I was introduced to the evil eye when I was three years old. And I don't remember it, but this is the story that my mother recounts. I, when I was a, when I was born and up until I was in fourth grade, I had very, very, very blue, blue, sky blue eyes. And a lot of people valued what my eye color was, I guess. And my mother and my father took me to the Griffith Observatory, which is in Los Angeles. And I was three years old and I was in my little, you know, stroller. And this woman came up to my mother and father and said, oh my gosh, your daughter's eyes are so beautiful you know, I really want a little girl and I'm really trying to get pregnant, but oh my gosh, your daughter's eyes are so, so beautiful. They're amazing. By the time that my mother and father had taken me down to the parking level of the observatory, they said that the color of my skin had changed to green, bluish green, that I I was a really, really active kid and I was always talking, even at three, but I wouldn't talk. I really wouldn't move. I looked like I was really, really sick. And my mother, you know, my father brought me home. They tried everything. But unfortunately, they were like, we don't know what's going on. They knew something was odd with the woman who had said those things. Just the compliments she was giving my mother and me. And they decided to call this amazing woman, her name is Panayota, which means all holy. She's named after the Virgin Mary. And Panayota came to the house and basically removed the evil eye curse from me as a three-year-old. And it's a series of prayers. You're not allowed to audibly say the prayers, nor are you allowed to audibly tell someone what those prayers are to teach them. It typically is written down 
and it goes from a man to a woman and then a woman to a man. So again, it's a written prayer. Uh, some people use water and olive oil to see if the evil eye has dispersed. Uh, this Panayota, from my understanding, didn't use that, but she did pray over me for quite some time. And then Panayota left, and 20 minutes later, my color had come back. I was this happy, normal Maria running around, talking, and being totally fine. So that was my first experience with the evil eye. So it was something that I was always raised knowing that it existed and understanding that it was connected to envy. So if someone gives you an insincere compliment or if someone is envious of you, they can inadvertently, either consciously or subconsciously, give you that curse or put that curse on you. If you could even do it to people that you love, again, as I said, it's it could be accidental. You may not have malice in your heart, but if there's a shred of envy, which is a very low frequency feeling and emotion to have, envy is just, I feel like envy is one of the worst uh, of them all because envy makes people do absolutely crazy things to other people. And it's such a low vibration. So if you're envious of somebody, you know, oh, I like that shirt, but you really don't mean it, or you wish you had that shirt, then, you know, somebody, something will happen to that person. One of my sisters was dancing at a wedding. We were in Greece and there was a couple sitting right next to my mother and to me. And they said, oh my God, your daughter dances so well. So amazing. Boom, right on the ground, Alexis goes, right on the ground on the floor. Uh, she completely fell the moment that that woman was talking about what a great dancer my sister was. And she turns to my mom and says, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean nati matiaso, which means I didn't mean to give her the evil eye. I'm so sorry. And I have a very, very handsome nephew who's two and a half years old. And every time we give him a compliment, we spit. So we say ftu, ftu, which means basically you're spitting on the devil or spitting on that evil energy so that my nephew doesn't have anything bad happen to him. But it's it's a constant thread and through line within pretty much Greek culture. It's very known. People wear the evil eye as a talisman to protect them from getting the evil eye. And I've been seeing the evil eye everywhere. And then there's other... Every culture, practically on this continent, on this earth, every continent has some form of the evil eye. In Spanish culture, it's called mal de ojo. Uh, in Arabic culture, it's the hamsa or the hand of Fatima they use as a talisman to protect them from the evil eye. I mean, this goes back 10,000 years BC, where in Spanish caves, they found depictions of the evil eye. There's also some confusion as to the evil eye and the eye of Horus, So um, the Egyptian god Horus, who is the, you know, he's the god of pharaohs and the sky. He has, there's the right eye of Horus, which is represented by the sun, which is a red color. And then the left eye of Horus, which is blue, is represented by, um, it's the moon. So that eye looks different. It has like a little bit of like a curly Q tail underneath the eye. And it's more stylized. It has like an eyebrow, and I've seen it depicted that way. The Greek evil eye is just basically a circle within a circle within a circle, like the little pupils in there. So every culture has 
some form of the evil eye. And I mean, it goes back my personal opinion in terms of the originating point of it for Greek people is Hera. So Hera was the queen of the gods. She was married to Zeus. Zeus was a philanderer. He would constantly come down to earth and um, impregnate mortal women. So he had a bunch of demigod kids like running around. And Hera was actually responsible for, uh, she was the goddess of marriage and of childbirth and of children and a family. And so she had this, <laughs> this husband who was constantly stepping out on her. And so she was very envious of mortal women. And she had at one point this almost like protector that would hang around with her. The protector's name was Argus. And Argus was killed by Hermes in some sort of situation with Zeus, of course. Everything (laughs) revolves around Zeus doing something he shouldn't be doing. Uh, So Hermes killed Argus. And because Hera was so distraught, she decided she wanted to always remember Argus. So she turned him into a peacock. And so that is the symbol of of, uh, Hera, not Athena, of Hera, is the peacock. And if you look at the peacock's tail and the feathers, it looks like an eye, if you look at the very edge of it. So I feel like that evil eye, that circular evil eye, came from that peacock feather. And then in ancient Greece, you know, Plutarch talks about it. I think it was like 6,000 BC where he talks about the eyes have this energy to them, which they're like rays that can cause harm on other people. So I think after Hera, the ancient Greeks continuously were bringing through that tradition and that, for lack of a better term, superstition about eyes. And then they brought it into the ancient world. And then once it was in the ancient world, the Egyptians, the Spanish, and all other cultures brought it into their, you know, understanding of what what fits into their culture. So that's my personal opinion as to how the whole evil eye situation happened. It started with Hera, but then Christianity came in at some point. And even the Bible, I think there was like over 30 verses in the Bible talking about curses and the evil eye. Talking about how people shouldn't have an evil eye, how curses can happen because you have an envious or jealous or evil eye. So there are, in the Bible, mentions of it. And even, it's very common if you go to a Greek Orthodox church and you see someone wearing a cross many times, even though the priests are not happy about it, there'll be an evil eye on the same chain. And it's part of the culture and the priests don't like it because, and I asked a priest about this, he's like, you know, you shouldn't really be wearing an evil eye with a cross. The cross is just the cross. You don't need anything else to protect you. And they just see it as something that usurps the power of the cross. That's why the, you know, priests don't like it. But it's very common to find jewelry throughout Greece go on Etsy right now and find crosses with evil eyes in them and all kinds of different combinations of that. But it's something that is so ingrained in the culture. And now I feel like everybody and their mother is wearing some sort of form of evil eye, but not understanding what it is. I'm glad you gave us that overview, overview, Maria, because that's actually what made me start to be like, all right, I got to get Maria on the show. Because I'm seeing it 
be commoditized mm-hmm. in a way. And, I, and I'm realizing that this is not just the evil eye. It's just the evil eye's turn. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about other things that were commoditized. Um, the Ankh was commoditized. Mm-hmm. And then it was the Eye of Horus that was commoditized. And then it was the Hamsa that was mm-hmm. commoditized that I've seen. I mean, honestly, even before then, the Jesus pieces mm-hmm. with the chains and the ice style crosses. So a lot of symbols have been, um, across all cultures, have been commoditized. But with social media, to me, it feels a little bit different because there's so much negativity in the world right now. And mm. everybody is just wearing this eye. And I knew that people didn't know what they was doing. Not to say that I know what I'm doing, but I knew people didn't know what yeah. they were doing when I saw people spitting hatred but had evil eyes in their bio. It's like you can't be messy online and then have an evil eye in your bio. To me, I think that, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong or am I being wrong, but to me, it doesn't make sense to say that you're protected from the evil eye when you're you're literally the evil eye. Mm-hmm. So, you're embodying the evil eye, like the, exactly. not the protection element, you're the other side. You're the actual evil mm-hmm. of the eye. So I just thought that was really interesting. And I was like, you know what, let me bring somebody on here <laughs> who clearly knows about the evil eye and has lived and breathed this their entire life. So I'm really glad you gave me the story. I did not know that it went back that far. I didn't mm-hmm. know it went back three years old. Like when you told me the story about the woman, I, I had a bad feeling. I was like, ooh. <laughs> Intuitively you knew. She right. Was it was no like she, she's like, Oh, I I've been trying and then mm-hmm. here's this child that has you know, here's this child that you want to have, essentially. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So, um, and also the cultural aspect, like there's certain phrases that y'all say to say basically, hey, I didn't mean harm by that. I didn't mean, mm-hmm. you know, hey, your sister fell, but that I, I didn't mean it in that way. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like the culture still holds that evil eye knowledge to where they, they even correct themselves when it even appears that they might have been a person that is given the eye. My older sister, I went to the house like last week and I was wearing, I think I was wearing like a new dress and she's like, oh my gosh, Maria, ftu, 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 misa matiaso. Like, oh my gosh, you look so good. I don't want to give you the evil eye. So I'm spitting and I'm saying, I don't want to give you the evil eye on top of it. Cause she knows, because she knows she can do it inadvertently. And there are times that my mom will say that to me. Oh, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give you the evil eye, but this looks very good. Or, you know, she'll even say that about my nephew. And it's interesting because I've seen online people, like you said, like you just said, spewing all kinds of hate. And then it's just like evil eye, evil eye, evil eye, like over and over that little, you know, that little character of the, or emoji of the evil eye. And you're like, do you even know what that is? Do you even know what you just did? You don't, it doesn't negate everything you just said. Just because you put an evil, you slap an evil eye on something and all of a sudden it's, oh, well, it's good because the evil eye is on it. So, you know, anything I said, I get a pass for it, which upsets me. And you know, I'm going to ask, why does it upset you? (laughs) (laughs) Just so people really, so people really get the point because I see it so much now. I literally, I don't know, maybe it's because since I've paid attention to it, now it's just popping up. Mm-hmm. But I've seen it a lot over the past 30 days. I'm talking like 30 days, overwhelming, really? overwhelmingly. Wow. Like just a lot, a lot. But that shows me on Twitter and stuff too. Mm. Um, and I made a post that said that evil eye ain't finna work. <laughs> like you about to cancel that out. Like how like that don't that don't that don't make sense. Evil and then evil eye, but you're being evil. That's not gonna work, boo. Like you don't like don't do that. 
So I think since I did that post, I've been seeing a lot of evil eye stuff. Just in general, I've been seeing evil eye rugs. I've been seeing evil eye. No, <laughs> for an real. Evil eye rug. <laughs> I've been seeing the rugs. I've been seeing, and my homeboy got me a um, a talisman, but it was like a like a little bracelet thing that you can hang. Yeah. He got that from Greece for me. I told him, I said, just give me something from Greece because I know Greece is a beautiful place. Just give me something. It's like maybe three or four years ago, and he got me an evil eye thing, and I always thought it was special. And even now, I don't take it anywhere. I keep it in my house. So I just thought that was kind of cool. So um, my curiosity about the eye has been around for a while. But why does it upset you? You know I'm going to have to I'm gonna circle back around. <laughs> I know, I know. Why does I'll it upset you, are, you that people... <laughs> so I love you. Are people... You know, why, why does it upset you? It upsets me because it's just another inversion. I feel like so many things... Because people are not paying attention. They're not opening their eyes and doing the research to understand what they're saying, who they're calling on. It's funny. I Sometimes I go to different things and I hear people calling on all these goddesses and gods. Oh, I call upon Aphrodite. Did you know that Aphrodite was a notorious narcissist cheater on her husband? Like, who are you calling on? Do you know? I mean, what... You know, or they'll call on ancestors. Well, do you want benevolent and loving ancestors? Or any old ancestors is fine. Honorable ones? Dishonorable ones? You're just going to call on all of them? Is that what you're going to do? And so it's just like people not understanding when they use certain symbols, when they, especially in the spiritual community, they're, it's not, they don't fully understand what they're calling on, what energy they're tapping into, and they're also using it for egoic purposes. I get to say whatever I want to say, and then I'm going to slap an evil eye on the back of this, you know, Insta post, and that means I'm good. And I can say whatever I want, and it's carte blanche because I put an evil eye on something, or I said it in a way where it made, you know, I was backhanded or passive aggressive, but again, if it's a picture of me like at the beach with an evil eye beach bag, then, oh, I'm protected. Oh, haters stay away, you know? So I get, I get upset when the inversion of things happens and when people like use things that are, that they don't understand the true meaning of or the true spirit of them. That's why I get upset. I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. Now, I'm not acting like I know everything, and I know you're also a forever student of the journey, but I do see that a lot where people kind of pick up stuff. And my thing is, go on your own journey. Mm -hmm. Figure it out what you want to do. But it is a little dangerous Mm -hmm. to call on things, and you don't really know what exactly you're calling Mm -hmm. on. And low-key, I kind of blame... I love social media, but I blame social media in the same breath. Because those people are looking for something to hold on to. And I think people are wanting to kind of break away from like church rules so bad Mm -hmm. that they forget that certain spiritual things have guidelines too. Yeah. Or have certain things that have to be respected as well. 100%. So I'm glad you brought that up because I do see that. And I have seen situations where folks have been... It's the shady caption, but an evil eye. Like, girl, hit the delete. <laughs> Who are you trying to fool? Hit the, 
Hit the delete on that caption. It's not even just one person. I see it a lot, a lot, a lot. And I'm like, well, is it because it's on the emoji keyboard and people, it's, it's easy to use? Like, I'm just trying to figure this out. So I'm glad you um, shed some light on that. But also, before, well, you know what? Let's just talk about it while we're here. No, no, no. I'm away. I'm away. <laughs> Bear with me, y'all. We in the moment right here. Homegirl week is about being present. So we are literally present in this interview. Yes. I'm not editing nothing. So <laughs> going back to your technology, how did you how did you create that? The spiritual technology. So I was very and I'm always a student, absolutely just like you, forever and ever and ever a student because I know nothing. I know I don't know anything. And I am blessed and very fortunate that I'm able to connect to my spirit guides and source in the way that I do. But I didn't wake up like this, you know, I had to go through a lot of. So I was a psychotherapist for five years. I worked in a lockdown clinical facility, padded rooms, the whole nine yards and I went through such an awakening just seeing the system and being a part of the system. But I felt like there was always soul missing. There was this, always this element that was missing, and it was the spiritual element of it. And I was raised in a very religious household. My parents are both Greek, as I said, but they're both two different Christian denominations of religion. So I... You know, my father's a Greek Orthodox person, which is a very, very old religion. And then my mother is Seventh-day Adventist, which is a far newer religion. So, you know, whose God is the right God? That was always an argument. And even though they were talking about the same God. So I was raised in, you know, going to church on Saturday and going to church on Sunday, reading the Bible, understanding the Bible as a kid. And as I became an adult and I found meditation when I was in my graduate program for psychology and it really opened up my life so much. And through just a lot of other trials and tribulations as we all go through with relationships and all kinds of stuff, I had a pretty traumatic relationship. And from that, it in 2012, it basically thrusted me into, hey, this is what you are. You need to learn more about what you really are on earth. You know, you're a human, but you're also divine. The Bible even says that to you. So you need to learn more about your divinity as a human being. And here are some teachers. Some of them will be whack and some of them will be good, but you need to use discernment. We need you to gain discernment and really trust your intuition so that you're able to say, okay, this is this path is for me, or this teacher is for me, or I've outgrown that teacher, or that teacher is not in alignment with me. And then take what really resonates with you and then leave the rest behind. Don't don't ever elevate someone to the point where they're greater than you are. Uh, don't be scared to question your teachers. And if they are upset with you for questioning them or for going to other sources, then that's a red flag. If you're scared of your teacher, that's a red flag. Uh, if you feel as though, if you start getting into the orthodoxy of a certain teacher and these are the rules and this is the only way to practice spirituality, then that's a red flag too. 
So I had to go through all of that, like some fake ass teachers, like people who were, who showed up as very love and light and all the things, but really were not. And that's a big bone that I have to pick with spirituality and just a spiritual community. You know, people think that if you're spiritual, you can't curse. If you're spiritual, you need to wear all white. If you're spiritual, you need to never eat meat. Or if there's so many things that people have in their minds that said, it's like, this is what's, you know, this is what spirituality is supposed to look like. And it's not, that's not it. I think that everybody needs to really search themselves for what is their way, how they walk in the world as being a spiritual being. We're all spiritual beings and we're all divine beings. And if we choose to accept that, then it's the beginning of learning what that is for us and what that looks like for us. It doesn't have to look like everybody's version of it. You need to find your own way. But I was very blessed after going through some teachers, which were not good, to finding some really great mentors who I do not deify in any way. They're not gods or goddesses, but they've taught me how to look more at myself. They haven't healed me. Healing is an agreement that you make with your higher self because you can go to the most amazing healers in the world, but if you haven't made the agreement that you'll be healed from something, then it's never going to happen for you. It's something, it's an agreement within yourself to be healed of something. So I was very lucky that I came across some really great teachers and from learning from them and I'm still I'm still learning and I'm still growing my modality and expanding it and enriching it but I've gotten to a place where I feel like I can offer guidance and support to people who are especially starting off in the spiritual journey that they're on or they're waking up and they're terrified, they're confused. Uh, some people are just so overwhelmed that they get really really depressed. And, you know, they get very fatalistic about things. So I want to be that relatable example for people like, hey, I've been there. There's a lot of things that, you know, you'll go through on your spiritual journey, but I'm here to support you in any way that I can and just give people a reality check that, hey, this is normal, quote unquote normal, and not to be so hard on themselves for well, I didn't meditate as many minutes as I should have. The shoulds and I must and I need to do this or else. Like that kind of thinking again. It's like I always say the first rule of meditation is don't judge yourself about being a good meditator or not. So I just hope that I am that support for others. And if I help one person, then my job here on earth is pretty much done. Do you support Spiritual Homegirl? Have you been to any of Spiritual Homegirls programs or would you like to? Do you have availability September 12th through the 18th? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, you are personally invited to Homegirl Week. Oh yes, sponsored by Womi App. Never be short on small brands to support with the Womi app, the first native directory app for women-owned and minority-owned small businesses. They're bridging impact to community with intentional, convenient access to becoming a conscious consumer as well as supporting small businesses. They take the guesswork out of finding some of your favorite uh, small businesses that are owned by women as well as minorities. For more information, you can find them anywhere online and social media at Shop with Womi. 
So, Boo Friend, you are cordially invited to join us for Homegirl Week. We have a lot of things planned. First off, there's deep discounts on all merchandise. There's going to be limited edition merchandise as well. Now, in all fairness, text, email, and Patreon subscribers, they get a deeper discount, all right? So I'll tell you how to join those lists in just a moment. But there will be definite deep discounts all week from September 12th through the 18th. Sunday, we'll be doing a grounding session on Instagram Live with Mel of Womi App. Then on Monday, we'll be doing a secret podcast for Patreon subscribers about how to show up authentically for yourself and remove some of those mindset blocks that we tend to have. Then on Tuesday, we have today's podcast guest, Maria DeMacos, doing an evil eye protection workshop. That's also private for text, email, and Patreon subscribers. Wednesday, we'll be doing a self-care strategy sessions for creative entrepreneurs to help them take care of themselves, take care of their business while they take care of others. Again, with Mel of the Walmi app. That's also for text, email, and Patreon subscribers. Thursday, we'll be doing a self-kindness activity. And I want you all to celebrate yourself and post yourself doing something kind for you. It doesn't always have to cost anything, but we should celebrate ourselves more often. We've all come from a lot and we're going through a lot now and we're doing okay in spite of in spite of okay because we know stuff going on friday we're doing a healing circle with my girl sarah makiba from geechee gal griot also private for text email and patreon subscribers and then saturday we'll be doing a private active service to round out homegirl week you don't have to post it just pay it forward to someone in your community all right kindness always wins love always wins don't forget to use the hashtag homegirl week so you can let me know what's going on so i can tap in which is check in what you see what you're doing see how you like everything and also don't forget a lot of this programming is for email text and patreon subscribers only this is my way of giving back to them as they have given me their energy their time their love their kindness over this past five year period and i'm so grateful so to join the text club you can do so at homegirl10 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 text that to 81493 to join the text club to join my email list you can also go to spiritualhomegirlpodcast.com or click the link in my show notes and to join my patreon for super exclusive content um story times never before seen um footage you can definitely go to patreon.com forward slash spiritual homegirl but don't forget hashtag homegirl week and um i will see you there boo see you sunday peace I'm glad you brought up the, um, and thank you for sharing, but I'm glad you brought up the teachers thing. Again, people are looking for things to hold on to, mm-hmm. and people are presenting themselves however they want. Some of those things are, or the images are consistent, and a lot of them are characters. Mm-hmm. And and although I've spoken out on my platform about a lot of um, charlatan-esque behavior, <laughs> I really pray that people discern when their teacher is not really for them. A lot of these teachers are disguising themselves as cult leaders, mm-hmm. whether they're social media influencers, whether they're actual teachers, whether they're elders, whether they're peers. It is a lot of cult-like behavior happening. And I didn't realize that until... Um, actually, I always realized that. And I never liked it. But in terms of the spiritual community, when I started seeing people become infallible mm-hmm. because of an emotional connection. And even with people that they didn't know, there's no way that this person can be X, Y, Z because from what I'm presented, this person wouldn't do that. And it's like, okay, all right. So, or even if there's a situation where the person is clearly wrong, they will defend them as, as best they can to the death. No, that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's like, he literally just said, she literally just said like, that's, that, that that they were wrong. No, well that they that was a that was a setup. It's like no, it wasn't a setup. Like the denial is a lot, and 
I'm gonna more than likely expound on that in another well it's on the way the episode's on the way (laughs) you know if we were ascendant masters we wouldn't be here exactly that's how i feel i'm like if everybody is so perfect why are you here yeah why why am i here you should have not been incarnate as a human if you're such an ascendant master you should be you know a formless a formless vibe of energy out in the cosmos somewhere since you're you know such high frequency and that you're such an ascendant master all of us have to do our work here we all have work to put in and it ain't fun but you know that we chose to come here to do that work and to better ourselves and to help others as well i don't think it's only just about me bettering myself in this vacuum because that's not how human beings live but the whole i'm infallible i know best don't question me the don't question me as a kid i would always question everything so when people are like don't question me just follow what i'm saying and you will xyz be good be better I will solve all your problems. Like, again, it's a red flag. I totally agree with you. Um, it's it's a lot. That's what I can say. And I will be speaking more on it in the very, very near future, okay? So y'all make sure y'all stay tuned to the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast because I have been sitting quietly for the last 18 to 24 months and the more I see, the more compelled I feel to speak. So I will be getting my points off very soon. I'm going to work on the language. I haven't really cursed that much in a while. If y'all follow me in the beginning, y'all know my mouth was very reckless with the with the language. But I'm going to work on making sure that I present it in a way where you can listen in front of your children. Because Spiritual Homegirl loves the future of the world. Mm-hmm. Maria loves the youth. I'm here for the youth. I want to make sure the youth is gained up too. I want them to avoid the same pitfalls that we were taught or that our environment taught us was correct when in actuality it's actually a bunch of lies. Mm-hmm. But again, that could be a whole other episode in itself. So for the second time, <laughs> what is going on with what you're going to do on Tuesday? So for those that were, who may have forgot um, that when I mentioned it earlier in the episode, Maria's going to do an evil eye protection workshop on tuesday that is this upcoming tuesday if you have not signed up for homegirl week i don't know what you're waiting on i'm doing this for you boo because i care so on tuesday september 14 2021 at 6 p.m pacific 9 p.m eastern maria is going to facilitate an evil eye protection workshop so what can people expect when they um decide to come to this workshop maria So a little bit of background on what the evil eye is and then how to protect yourself. So there's, there are many practices, protection practices and clearing practices that you can do that are very simple, very easy. And I'm going to talk about how to protect yourself when you're in unsure situations. Like if you're walking around somewhere that's unsure and you feel, you feel some kind of way or if you're having negative or difficult and challenging conversations with people and just general daily protection, even protection while you're on social media, because if you think about it, okay, you know, I don't leave my house that often, but I'm online all the time. So I need to protect myself against that energy. It's still an input. Like social is, is an input Instagram. You're, you're consuming it with your eyes and it's impacting your brain and your DNA. So you want to make sure that your energetic body 
is free of people giving you the evil eye on Instagram or any other social media platform that you're on. So protecting yourself physically and then also spiritually throughout your entire life. Even, you know, if you don't leave the house or if you leave the house physically. So basically, if you want to actually learn about the evil eye from the Greek cultural perspective, as well as knowing how to protect yourself, and people do forget that social media, it really is an output. It really is an input. Like, it's Mm -hmm. an energy exchange, whether we realize it or not. Aimless scrolling, that is taking your energy, whether you know it or not, whether I know it or not. Also, um, the time it takes... I mean, people look at your stuff. You might be sleeping, minding your business. It might be two in the morning at your house. And somebody's up late at night, mm-hmm. squirreling and lurking, <laughs> trying to curse. I mean, no, for real life. Trying, it's you know, true, some it's people, true. Now, some people laughing. think they got the power and don't. And some people, you know, might have the power and try. But some people, they look and they be like, oh, who did they think they are? They look at them being all happy. Look at them in their relationship. Look at their kids. Look at their house, their car. I, I want that. How come I don't have that? Or mm-hmm. they don't deserve that. And then next thing you know, there's an energy put over it. Um, and they don't even have to talk to you per se. So I think it's going to be a great workshop. So if you all want to come, it is Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. That's September 14th. And that's going to be at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. All right. So make sure that you sign up by making sure that you're subscribed to the text club and the email list or the Patreon. Either one of the three is fine. If you want to sign up for all three, I mean, I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs> but the, the events will only be with the exception of Sunday, Thursday and Saturday. Everything else is super exclusive for text subscribers or email subscribers or Patreon subscribers. Patreon, get everything. There's a secret podcast I'm doing on Monday. But other than that, though, everything else is for subscribers. And also, because the theme of this week is being present and being peace, there is no replays. So I just want to make sure that if you all really want to go to this workshop, this is literally one night only, one time shot, get the game. If you want to end up tapping in with Maria in the in the future or learning more about her, we will have her information for you. But do not miss this workshop. Because with the type of stuff that's going on, and you don't really quite have your protection game on point yet, you might want to tap in. Like I always say, and if you've been watching my uh, social media, you've been seeing Instagram block my posts, mute my posts, whatever, because I'm speaking Jeez. truth to power. Ridiculous. And this is just not me. It's everybody else that is speaking truth to power that's having this issue, which I've noticed, which is very unfortunate. But I've been saying that it's a war out here. It's a spiritual war out here. And to please keep your hands clean. Mm-hmm. Throwing mud because somebody's throwing mud is a surefire way to get a boomerang thrown in your direction. And it may not hit you. It may hit people close to you. It may hit your money. It might hit your home. It might hit whoever. But just be very careful. Keep your hands clean. But if you are keeping your hands clean, but you're not protected, you might want to come on Tuesday. Figure, let's figure something out. Let's get you some kind of foundation or something so that you're not out here moving raw. I call it moving raw, but technically it's moving unprotected. We're exchanging energy with folks you may not know. That energy is on you. You feel it funny. You don't quite know why. The person you might have interacted with before might have, you know, exchanged something with you that you didn't need to keep. And then next thing you know, you're you're feeling away and it's not even something that belongs to you. So I really want to make sure that we got Maria on the show so that we can at least 
get an overview of the evil eye, get an overview of what she does in terms of her spiritualist journey, as well as tell y'all to come on down. Come on down on Tuesday. We would love to have you. So, Maria, is there anything else that you want to add? Just wanted to say thank you so much. I have so much gratitude for just you being you, Maria, and your message. I've been... I've been listening to your podcast since it started. I just love, support, and respect you so much, and just thank you. You know what? I do appreciate your support, too, Maria. You've helped me out in a lot of ways, um, whether it's been just advice, whether it's been purchasing something. Like, you've always... Matter of fact, I think you're one of few day ones that I can really, like, remember off the top and been like, yeah, they've been there. Like, Leslie Fender in Texas, she's she's been a day one. You've been a day one. Uh, Sarah Makiba close to a day one um, my homegirls day one so it's just really cool to to be able to, to celebrate five years with people that were down from day one too so I love everybody too but at the same time it's really it hits a little bit different when you know people have believed in your stuff from day one even when <laughs> so for those who don't know the podcast that I started with well spiritual homegirl obviously but I started the podcast in the middle of Mercury retrograde <laughs> every tech issue that could go wrong went wrong and it wasn't because of the of the Mercury energy it was because of my lack of preparation I was not a tech person I did not know how to edit podcasts I did not understand formatting I just thought you recorded something and uploaded it not realizing processing times formatting any of that and I kind of had a bit of a time trying to launch but once I launched that was it so i always think about like where i was around this time five years ago and i'm really grateful so it's even cooler to know that when i reflect on these times and where i was five years ago there are people that would end up tapping in once i launched so i think it's i think it's pretty cool you just never know how connected you are to people Mm -hmm. and how certain things can bring you to to other people and their energy so it's really it's really cool but how can people get in touch with you maria you can find me on Instagram at the Maria Demacos. So just the my first name Maria M A R I A and last name is D I M A K O S. And I also am on Clubhouse. If you're on Clubhouse, I do two different rooms. One is typically on Wednesdays at noon, and I have a co-host. Her name is Dimitria Burby, and we talk about astral travel. And it is you know experiences about astral travel questions about astral travel and then on thursdays i have a room also at noon pacific standard time on clubhouse and it's called the spiritual sanity check and it's for people who are just starting their journey and they need to get some confirmation that they're not crazy because sometimes you need to hear that you're not crazy if you're experiencing certain things Um, I also do a couple of pop-up rooms in Clubhouse where I do uh, karma clearings and psychic surgery. Uh, Those are pop-up rooms, so they, you know, they'll be on a Friday, some random Friday I'll do it. But, um, you know, check me out there. I really love that particular platform because it's it's like basically live podcasting. So um, you can find me on Instagram or you can find me on Clubhouse. All right, so y'all heard her. The De Maria DeMacos on Clubhouse and on Instagram. So that has been today's episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. I just want to make sure that if you need to find me, you can do so at Spiritual Homegirl. I am everywhere on social media. Um, pff, too many places, really. But <laughs> I'm everywhere. Um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Clubhouse, uh, Twitter at Spirit Homegirl, 
uh, fan basic spiritual homegirl, TikTok spiritual homegirl. I haven't even uploaded anything to TikTok yet. Oh my goodness. But I'm working on it. And also, if you have not signed up for the text list, text the word homegirl10, homegirl10, homegirl10 to 81493. If you haven't signed up for the email list, you can click the link in my show notes or go to spiritualhomegirlpodcast.com. Also, if you have not signed up for my Patreon, what are you waiting on? I think I'm going to change that up. I've realized that I give a lot of good content away to an app that always blocks it to the people that I want to share it with. So what I want to do is I want to start sharing information or story times and things that I have had um, happen over, you know, certain amount of years. And I really would like to do the story times and other exclusive content strictly for Patreon. I'm actually going to revamp that this month after Homegirl Week. And it's going to be on and popping. The first story is going to be about um, how I got somebody banned off of a video shoot um, many years ago. And as a favor, I was a video girl for five minutes and I hated it. And yeah, I think that story is best suited for Patreon. Trust me. Um, it was not a bad, a baddie B situation. It was a, yo, we short a girl. We short three girls. We just need y'all to act a certain way. And then some things happen along the way because I was not, not with the foolery. Okay. I was not cut out to do the videos. I was not cut out for the sexy. Okay. I was cut out for sitting in the Jordans, minding my business. And within five minutes, I was out that catsuit and back in a pair of Jordans. So we're going to talk about that on Patreon only. Because I ain't trying to be giving the tea to just anybody, all right? So with that being said, if you want to sign up for Patreon, tiers only start at $7. You can sign up at, again, spiritualhomegirl.com. No, patreon.com forward slash spiritualhomegirl. If you want to go to my website, it's spiritualhomegirl.com spiritualhomegirlpodcast.com homegirl week i'm doing a super deep discount on merchandise i decided to launch some new stuff and it's going to be deeply deeply discounted for the week of the 12th through the 18th only so homegirl week is where the discounts will begin and the 18th is when it will end so do not sleep okay do not sleep at all i got some new stuff i can't wait to share with y'all and that is at spiritualhomegirl.shop and is there anything else that's on my heart right now before I get off the mic? Hmm. Keep your hands clean. That's all I can say. Keep your hands clean and come to Homegirl Week. I would love to have y'all. This is my way of giving um, giving back and just doing something for free. You know what I'm saying? Like I always thought it was cool to be able to do free programming. And I'm excited to be able to co uh, partner with Womi App. Shout out to Mel and Shop with Womi App. They are an app that is about dedicating um, themselves to making small business, uh, small businesses accessible and, and searchable for those that are owned by women as well as black, indigenous people of color. So they take a lot of the guesswork out of trying to find great artisans and other folks that sell things from um, a BIPLC woman owned perspective. So thank you, Mel, for sponsoring Homegirl Week. I hella appreciate it. So this has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria. And remember, trust the journey, trust yourself. Stop using that evil I thought evil. And come to Homegirl Week. We start on Sunday. IG Live with Mel. It's going to be a free grinding session. I'm really excited. All right. Love y'all. Peace. This episode has been produced by producer extraordinaire Jason Trichodemics Valerio. 